Greetings, and welcome to the Saved by Nostalgia podcast. I love the power glove. It's so bad. No! I feel the need. The need for speed. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. Look I what you did, you little jerk. Murdoch. I'm coming to get you. Get busy living. Or get busy dying. You are next. And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. KKTY Tiger! It is season two, episode three, Save the Max. Here we are, Saved by Nostalgia podcast. We are off and running into season two of Saved by the Bell. Clint Schweitzer and Noah Groniger joining you here. And I'll tell you what, Noah, uh, doing this podcast right now, it probably all goes back to this episode where the gang uncover that Bayside had a radio station. It's KKTY Tiger Radio. And you know what? We've been striving for that excellence ever since and all the podcasts that we do. Absolutely. We're just trying to bring it like uh, everyone on uh, KKTY does, except for A.C. Slater. He's got a little bit of trouble uh, uh, being on the radio. We'll get into that a little later. Uh, it starts out, they find this radio station, a bully girl threw Screech down a garbage chute, which I love, uh, just the, the image of that. Uh, and that's kind of how you found uh, out about uh, the old Bayside radio station. Uh, again, Screech plugs it in. He's electrocuted. This is the second time that we've seen this, and his hair kind of froze out. I love seeing that. He's a comedic genius, that Screech powers, that Dustin Diamond. Uh, yeah, this is evidence of that. And I love the fact that they're uncovering like a new part of the school. They're yes. in this basement, and it's like you've never seen this set before. There's all this equipment that's covered up. They did a good job at making it look like a basement uh, of a school. And so I bought it, and I thought it was cool. They obviously uncover it and they find uh all the old radio station equipment it's kkty fm home of tiger radio and uh they kind of play some of the uh some of the equipment play some of the old tapes and uh it's kind of funny that it's just uh you know this is from like the 60s and it's still working here in the in in 1990 just (laughs) turn it right on and there it is and and it sat there all this time like there's no there were no broadcasting classes that ever kty died as we'll find out uh with mr belding and some controversy but this is the beginning of a great episode. In fact, it's the last time that we're going to see uh, Max himself. So this is the, his final episode. And uh, so it's kind of sad, a sad send off for him as the Max restaurant's on the verge of closing. But we'll get to all that later. Uh, initial thoughts on this episode. Obviously, this is one of those ones that, again, I think as we get into season two, a lot of these just stand out more. Ones that you remember as a kid. What was your kind of initial thoughts as, uh, as this episode begins unfolding in the basement? Yeah, you mentioned it. I thought uh, the radio station was kind of a cool twist that you weren't expecting a different part of the school, uh, something different for them to do, uh, not just kind of hijinks in classes or whatever. You've, you've got this radio station. You're you're wondering, well, where's this going to go? What's it about? And then you learn about the Max and uh, how that uh, could possibly close. And you're wondering, is this the end of the Max and the start of a radio station? Are they moving away from the Max set? And like, is this radio station going to be the main hangout and where these guys, uh, this gang gets together? Uh, you, you just don't know, and you're kind of uh, on the edge of your seat kind of throughout this, wondering what they're going to do as you're kind of first watching this episode. Obviously, we've seen them a hundred times now, but uh, just kind of going back into my memory banks of uh, first watching this, kind of those are my feelings. 
Yeah, and the, the the gang, of course, gets clued in on this, and they want to relaunch Tiger Radio. They go to Mr. Belding himself. Who, the uh, Big Bopper. The Big Bopper Belding. He's uh, apprehensive for unknown reasons about letting them restart the station. He kind of puts an end to it, um, says, no, it's not a good idea. But uh, the gang's able to butter him up. They start chanting Bopper. Dennis uh, Haskins has this hilarious uh, look on his uh, face as they're chanting. I love that, like where he's, <laughs> he's just sort of taking it all in and just bathing in the admiration. So obviously he was part of Tiger Radio before, and we don't quite know what happened yet, but the gang now is taking over. Uh, kind of got Wolfman Zach as the host, which is a play on Wolfman Jack, the famous uh, Southern California radio DJ from like the 1950s. He was made famous in the movie um, American Graffiti. And you have Jesse Spano doing the news. Lisa's the galloping gossip. Kelly is Kelly Desire. And then you have Screech is mystical theater all very old school radio stuff, yes. like you saw from like the Orson Welles days. Yeah, and then uh, you've got uh, Slater with the sports. He's very choppy. He's anxious, doing Stallone level one liners. Uh, time to get to that old score scoreboard. Ah, oh, come on, it's not that old. Then uses a horn. Uh-uh. And uh, it's just not going well for Slater. He's lost out there. And you mentioned Wolfman Zack and how uh, it's a play on Wolfman Zack in a movie. Uh, he starts off by saying, good morning, Bayside. That's good morning, Vietnam. Robin Williams, that movie. So it's a play on kind of two different things going on there. Um, so that was interesting to see. And uh, we cut to... Uh, Slater's they cut Slater's copy down to just scores since he's awful and he's practicing but he's going to get twice the airtime they're practicing it uh, Slater 10 2 2 10 2 10 2 so uh Slater's not cut out for this uh, they're trying to cut him down they're trying to be nice about it again not just coming out and telling him the truth trying to be nice about it uh we cut to the max and this is where we learn that uh, Max's costs have gone sky high he said to cut back uh the food is smaller now uh, Kelly says she hasn't seen him that sad uh, since he made his dog Fluffy disappear and forgot how to bring her back. Uh, the gang's sitting there wondering what happened to the dog. They start biting into the burger, but they stop thinking it could be a Fluffy burger. And this is where we learn that uh, the Max could be going out of business. We could be switching sets. Uh, like I said earlier, is this going to move into now? Are they going to the radio station? KKTY going to be a main thing? Are they going to be able to save the Max? What's going to happen? Well, it is interesting, and uh, I, I like. The, the aspect of, uh, you know, the, the teens and the kids have been become so attached to this place, uh, which basically has no, it, it makes no sense. It's like it has no attachment to the school itself, yet the school district owns the land where the Max is on. Yeah, it's kind of strange, yeah. Ambiguous there. Um, so that was kind of funny, and it was going to be turned into a parking lot for an unknown reasons. Uh, and the school paper, 10, meanwhile, 000. yeah, 10000 in back rent. Uh, meanwhile, the school paper is reviewing the station. And, of course, you have this uh, ongoing moment where Screech gives away uh, another plot point. They're all trying to hide from Slater that the paper has reviewed them and that they say Slater stinks. But uh, he just comes out and says, you stink! And everybody hits him over the head with their paper. It's kind of a funny funny moment. And Slater gets, <laughs> of course, uh, angry and, and, th- and he quits. You know, transitional thing happening. You've got the Max closing down. The, the gang's at odds with Slater because they, didn't, they were not up front with him and just said, this isn't working out which is understandable. Like, would you really want to tell Slater it's his lifelong dream and here he is trying to do this and uh, they've formed this station. It's really a tough situation, I think, for the kids. But uh, he's quit and uh, he's out of there for now. So, Yeah, Ronald Geekman takes over sports. Uh, Slater's kind of hurt by that, but he says uh, Ronald Geekman's actually better. That's probably what hurts the most. Uh, Max tells him not to quit. Uh, He needs to hang in there. 
Um, but uh, they do some investigative journalism here. Um, Jesse goes out, and uh, Zach and Jesse are wondering, hey, Mr. Belding said uh, this isn't the first time that he's had to stick his neck out for the station. He doesn't want to do it again. Uh, they find out that uh, DJ Belding has mooned the school board back th- back when uh, uh, he was Big Bopper Belding. He mooned the school board. He was the Zach Morris of the 60s. Uh, he was ordered to stop his protest on the school ban of jeans and long hair. Belding dropped his bell bottoms instead. Uh, so <laughs> there's a picture of that on pages three and four if you're interested in uh, going to the archives uh, and finding that. Uh, Zach tries to convince uh, Belding uh, to kind of talk to the school board to not close the max. Belding says that they're not the same issue. Uh, Zach says that uh, maybe he's forgot what's important. Maybe you forget what's important when you get old. And that kind of made me think of kind of this podcast. And I think that's why we do this podcast. Uh, to never forget uh, the things that shaped us and were important to us in those formative years of our childhood. Uh, and as it says at the beginning of our show, uh, the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. I think that kind of solidifies this show, this podcast, and what we're doing here. And that kind of rings true in this episode. Mr. Belding finally stops Zach, uh, says, help me find the old me. Zach says, welcome back, Bopper. And here we are uh, moving towards... Uh, trying to save the max building is in and he's going to go after the school board, even though the school board's after his job. They're wanting this protest to stop and uh, they don't like what's going on the airways about the school board being deceitful and greedy and irresponsible. Well, first of all, let's talk about what a well-acted scene this was between Absolutely. Mark Paul and Dennis Haskins. I actually love this. There, there was a moment where uh, Dennis Haskins says, when he, he says, hey, this is this is not the same time. And I mean, it really hit me somehow. Like I literally got chills watching it um because it's like the, just the his intensity the way he was acting about it literally you could tell that his character was hearkening back to what happened to him and what it was like to to be at bayside and to run this station to be the big bopper and then to be shut down you know and to have something that he's passionate about sort of go by the wayside uh and as he was an anti-authoritative figure back then and now zach's sort of having to be that figure now amazingly acted scene between the two and that is what again there's these moments that start creeping up in season two let's let you know this is what this show can be these characters are all very well connected they're very well connected to building there's some really amazing and and, and kind of deep-rooted issues that sort of happen between the two that go well beyond the norm of just zach getting detention or zach scheming or mr building making silly references to zach being in trouble this is way deeper than that and i loved this scene yeah, I did too. I think Dennis Haskins is kind of finding himself, finding the character Mr. Belding, uh, able to do the funny moments as well as the serious moments. And throughout this uh, season, throughout this series, uh, obviously he's getting stronger in season two. I think Mr. Belding, uh, Dennis Haskins, really stands out in his acting. Uh, he's got a lot of really superb moments and some serious moments uh, that he really stands out. Obviously, the kids are great too, uh, Mark Paul Gosler, and they find themselves and find their uh their routine and find their spot. They, and they really hit it. Uh, they, they get it going here. Uh, but Mr. Building Dennis Haskins kind of blows me away with his asking in this and help me find the old me. Look, I just want you to remember what it was like to be a kid. I mean, when you, when you cared as much about jeans and long hair as we do about the Max. Zach, that was a different time. They are not the same. No, sir. You're the one who's not the same. I guess you forget what's more important when you get old. You're not the guy I'm looking for. Here's the guy I need. Zach Morris. 
Help me find the old me. Welcome back, Bobber. Like that, that was just great. The way he did that, the way he delivered it. Uh, I just love that scene. And as we're going to see throughout this uh, season and series, uh, the acting just gets better and better. You're right about that. And I do like what you said about um, kind of this ringing true for us, hearkening back. Guys, to be honest, there's a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of people that have reverence for old TV shows and movies. But I feel like when I go back and watch the or listen to those, that people are really just watching movies they haven't seen in 25 or 30 years. Hey, E.T., let's check it out. Maybe do a podcast about it. Maybe have a guest on that has never seen it. I don't understand that. The fabric of this show, not only Saved by the Bell, but all the movies and, and TV shows that we're going to be are so entrenched in our lives that I can't imagine my life without it. I know you can't either. Mm-hmm. These are shows and episodes that we've seen you know, 50 times over the years. We're going back and doing this. You know, we could have done it, done a podcast about it, you know, 10 years ago had we had we known the power of that. But here we are doing it finally now. And it feels great. And to go back and to have moments like this that kind of relate to what we're doing. Agree 100 percent, partner. That's uh, that's good stuff. Absolutely. Going back to our wonder years, as this is called, Saved by Nostalgia, back to the wonder years. Uh, we want to hearken back to those days. And uh, kind of Zach uh, talks about in this uh, sometimes you grow up in societal norms and you kind of forget uh, what it's like to be a kid. You forget what it's like to be young. Those things that uh, meant a lot to you growing up, uh, they s- might seem silly when you're an adult and uh, you might push them off to the wayside and like that's, that stuff doesn't matter. But uh, as he talks about in this episode, Mr. Belding, you cared about the jeans and the long hair and uh, the bell bottoms. And that meant something to you uh, when you were a kid so much that you were willing to protest it and uh, go after the school board and uh, uh, be the f- head figure of that and kind of be the leader and mo- of that movement. And uh, Zach says, you need to remember what that was like because the max is that for us now. Yeah, and then KKTY is uh, broadcasting from the Max now. It's uh, the Save the Max telethon. Uh, Screech comes in and does a horrendous Al Bundy impression. I have no idea. That's the most random thing ever. Like, he comes in and makes one semi-Al Bundy joke from Married with Children, and I thought that was a good impression. I thought that was really good. It was just random. Like, I... It was absolutely random. Of all people, like, just Al Bundy? Like, he's... He's already been Geraldo and many other things, but now, now he's that. But I do like um, how this kind of ends with uh, looks like people are kind of giving up. Slater shows up while everyone has uh, kind of fallen asleep and passed out and basically bullies the listeners into donating. He's, he's no, we got to save this place. Come on, make a donation. And, uh, of course, they do. They pull it off. It all ends with a group high five with uh, also Max and Mr. Belding, which always puts me deep in my feels anytime – you end with a group high five of these people, especially now, because it's sort of a send off for Ed Alonzo, who plays Max. And, you know, as we do that, do you feel like Max could have been more of a part of the show going forward? People we talked to, and we've had, you know, we're going to have Bennett Tramer, a producer and a writer of the show. We've had um, Peter Engel on, on this show in the first season. We've never really kind of gotten any explanation as to what happened to Max, what why he went away from the show after just a couple of episodes of season two. Do you feel like this was the right time for him to go or could he have stayed on? I liked what Max brought uh, a little bit of magic into the show, uh, kind of another person, an adult uh, that the kids can lean on and go to for advice. Uh, kind of like he came over to Slater during this episode and tried to talk to him about, uh, if it really means something to you, if it matters to you, you'll find a way to make it happen. Yeah, you may be struggling right now, 
but stick to your guns and work on it and become better at it. So it's another person away from Mr. Belding or a teacher random in one episode or another. The kids are at the max almost every episode. Uh, they're there a lot. So uh, this is someone that they could lean on more. Uh, I like the character. I like I like what he brought, uh, the fun moments and the magic and the jokes and also the serious moments where the kids can lean on someone other than Mr. Belding. Uh, so I thought it was a little strange that uh, this is the last time we're going to see Max. We're going to see Ed Alonzo. Uh, a great character. He did a great job on the show, and uh, it is sad to see him go. It is, and as, as we put a bow on this episode... To me, this is pretty strong. Uh, we're three episodes in now. We, of course, did The Prom, which is revered and one of the best episodes of the entire series. Uh, and then we did Zack's War, and we had Dion Zamora, who played Alan Fairbanks, on for both of those. And we're going to have many more guests coming up as we continue on with this. But this episode is, is very strong to me. It, it has always stood out. I always love the interaction. It feels like a bond being built between Belding and the gang, deeper mm -hmm. than we'd seen it yet before. Uh, we do say goodbye to Ed Alonzo as Max. And I thought he was a, a good bridge between like the authoritative adults like Belding and the teachers to the kids uh, as sort of like their friend, but also an, you know, an older uh, male figure in their lives. But um, overall, solid episode. Really enjoy it. I do, I do have to question why they didn't uh, go much further with the KKTY. I agree. Uh, I, I don't know what that was about. We do see it come back kind of intermittently, I think, on the the wrestling episode mm -hmm. um, coming up with Christy Barnes. But in, it's like, what, what happened to this? This could have been really a staple. They could have really moved a lot of the plots along with this. I think it also comes back in the last uh, episode. But anyway, good episode. Would like to have seen where KKTY would have went, but they just kind of didn't go much with it further after this. Yeah, obviously, uh, I'm a fan of uh, oldies music, 60s music, so uh, the big bopper, that relates to me. Uh, I like this episode. Uh, Belding uh, coming on, uh, talking about his legendary status as the first uh, kind of jockey on uh, KKTY. Bell, ba, ba, bell, da, ding, da, ding, ding. Bell, ba, ba, bell, da, ding, da, dong, ding, bell, ding. Uh, that was great stuff. I love that in the episode. And uh, yeah, I thought they could have done more with this. Um, this radio station, it could have been a staple like you talked about, something they go back to um, so they can kind of get away from the school, use a different set, a different setting instead of being in a classroom, the hallway, buildings, office, uh, the houses. Um, obviously, we get the attic later on. I <laughs> uh, can't wait for those. Uh, but uh, it is kind of sad uh Obviously, to see Ed Alonso go, obviously, that uh, you look at this, and I thought the radio could have gone a lot further. They could have had a lot of cool uh, spinoffs from that, uh, but uh, this episode was strong for me. I really liked it. Um, not much to say other than that. I like the names. Uh, I'm going to miss uh, Screech's Mystery Theater. I uh, would have liked to hear some more scary stories from that. Uh, Lisa's galloping gossip. Uh, no, thank you. Jesse Spano's news. Uh, I wanted Kelly Desire. I don't know about you. That's kind of the one I was fixating on. <laughs> nope, just Screech's Mystery Theater for me. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We are uh, so glad to be back doing this. We are back. Season two is well underway. We have more episodes coming. Huge guests coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking with Eddie Garcia, play Johnny Dakota. We have Bennett Tramer, who's a writer and uh, producer of the show. We have so much coming up that it's uh, we can't even get all the names out in one, uh, you know, in, in one sentence here. So, be excited for things to come here on Save by Nostalgia. Hope you'll hit that subscribe button on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, certainly on Spotify. If you have a smartphone, you have this show. We are enjoying taking you back to the Wonder Years right here on Save by Nostalgia. <laughs>